This is Chris Benacasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Classical crossover ensemble Sons of Serendip broke onto the scene in 2014 after competing on America's Got Talent, and they've been going strong ever since. They're currently touring the country, spreading their signature style of holiday cheer, and South Orange Performing Arts Center is one of their stops. We recently spoke with lead vocalist Micah Christian and pianist Cordaro Rodriguez about how their call to make music brought Sons of Serendip together, and how their second album, Christmas Beyond the Lights, has become a holiday tradition. My name is Cordero Rodriguez. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I play the piano in the group, and I've been playing piano since uh, probably between fifth and sixth grade, so quite a while. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be on this journey. <laughs> My name is Micah Christian. I am from uh, just outside of Boston, Massachusetts, in a town called Randolph, Massachusetts. And I started, so I, and I'm the lead vocalist of the group. I started to sing back in middle school um, in Randolph public school system and have fallen more and more in love with it over the years and I'm really just grateful to be on this journey with these guys. It's been amazing. So this is a special time of year for you guys. Could you tell me what's different about performing material from Christmas Beyond the Lights compared to the rest of your catalog? I, I think the Christmas show is our one of my favorite, it's our favorite show to play. And so there's a lot of special moments in it. And it's funny because for me, I'm not a big uh, Christmas music person. Um, I, I, I found it, <laughs> going upon, kind of found it a little cheesy, but I feel like we've really worked out something with this, with this show that, uh, that, um, yeah, that I feel moved by. So um, yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to this tour. What we try to do is, we create an experience for the audience and it's not just about um entertainment but it's about like creating a moment together uh it's so the name of the album and the name of the the tour that you know that we do each year during this season is christmas beyond the lights and so it's about reflection um as well and about um celebration but um but we we try to make it as meaningful as possible. And so what we do is we do storytelling throughout the, the performance as well. And um, and uh, and we have a, 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 there's one particular uh, thing that we do that I'm going to leave, you know, as a surprise for, you know, the audience that, that haven't been to our Christmas show before. But it's a way to keep to, to make it meaningful for them. And so that that um, yeah, that they can they can go into the season, um, not just thinking about the you know the consumer aspect of it, but also you know like what it's really about, and you know the the time with with family and um, and loved ones, and um, and even like even the spiritual side of it as well. Um, so so yeah, it's it, it's a it's a lot of fun, and um, and we we enjoy this 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 concert in particular. And I think another thing too that that will um, that they can expect is that they're going to hear a lot of their favorite Christmas tunes, but done in a way that we hope is unique and fresh. Um, and the hope is that they, they feel like they're hearing their, their favorite tunes um, for the first time again. Cordaro, you mentioned that you weren't always super into Christmas music, but the Sons of Serendip take on that type of music is so unique and so creative. Having sort of made these traditional songs your own, which one do you enjoy performing in front of an audience the most? I think, I think Oh Holy Night might be my favorite one to perform. Micah, how about you? Yeah, Oh Holy Night, for sure. 
Okay, you both picked the same song, so we've got to hear it. Here is Sons of Serendip performing Oh Holy Night. Oh holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. and harpist Mason Morton. And of course, the four of you would eventually come together to form Sons of Serendip, even though that was never the plan. What happened the first time the four of you were in the same room? I was like, guys, I'm a vocalist. Like, you know, maybe one day we could just put something together and just see what happens. And um, and it, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then uh, two and a half years later is when the America's Got Talent auditions came up. And that's when I asked them, to um, if they'd be interested in, in auditioning. And thankfully they said yes. And then during that time, we started to unpack our story and to look back at what it was that brought us to Boston University and what it was that brought us, that brought them to living together in the same house. And then, um, and we just started noticing, and this is before we actually had an official name. And then we started noticing all the serendipities, all the serendipitous moments that happened, you know, within our stories um, to get us to that point. And so, um, so yeah, so so we, we were we were looking at different words, and serendipity was one of the words that we were looking at that kind of captured that. And um, and yeah, and so we we decided on the name Sons of Serendip um, based on like that conversation where we went into our story and we started, you know, noticing all the little moments that helped us to get to, to that point. Cordaro, do you remember how the group decided on the name Sons of Serendip? I, I do. We were, um, so the show uh, AGT, they asked us to come up with a name and we had like an hour or so to do it. And so, I, we, yeah, we just sat down and started Googling words. And you know, as Mike was saying, serendipity was one of those words. And uh, yeah, we looked it up. The origin of it comes from a 12th century Persian tale about uh, called the Three Princes of Serendip. And they go on this journey and make a bunch of discoveries by accident that benefit their lives. And so we felt that that was something that, you know, resonated with our story. And so there were three princes and there's four band members. So we decided we'll take out the three princes and say the uh, sons of Serendip. And uh, yeah, that's 
that's how we came about it. That's really cool. I've never heard of that story. I got to check that out. So let's talk about your experience with America's Got Talent. You competed in season nine and were a huge hit, and that was a major turning point for you. Tell me what that was like. Yeah, so we, um, we once we decided that we were going to audition for America's Got Talent, we got together, put together a tape, and um, recorded, it was, I think it was like three songs, we sent it in, and they ended up calling us back three weeks later and asked us if we want to audition in front of the judges for television. And so once we said yes to that, then it was a you know a process of of um, going through song after song after song after song, trying to find the one song that we were going to do um, for the show, and and that was a, a collaborative process with the producers. And so once we landed on Sons of uh, sorry, once we landed on Somewhere Only We Know, uh, we. We then, you know, we got that ready. It was at Madison Square Garden and we performed it. And we went into to the experience with no expectations. Like we, we intentionally told ourselves like, you know, this is one of those journeys that could be life-changing. Um, and, but it also could just, you know, just be a great experience. And so let's just go into it with, you know, as, as level as, as we can possibly um, be, you know, um, through this process and just see what happens and take it, you know, day by day and and be as present as possible through the experience. And um, and the producers also reminded us that, like, even if we get through, it's not a guarantee that we're going to actually be on the show. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of like, all right, awesome. We made it. Now what? You know, and and and, uh, and a lot of waiting to see if if we got approved to go through. Um, at the very beginning, you know, for those first few rounds. And so as we were get going through round by round, next thing you know, you know, we're in the the live performances and um, and, you know, the 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 intensity kind of kicks up a little bit, but we still made it a point that it's like, guys, we don't know how far we're going to go, but let's just enjoy this experience. This has been awesome so far and um, and just see what happens. And so we we rehearsed like crazy um during that time and just to because we hadn't been a group before that and um and so yeah just to get used to each other and and um and you know like to develop that that synergy um it took you know hours of of just practice and practice and practice and then um so if, next thing you know we're in you know the finale and we're like how did we get here <laughs> you know like we just said yes to, to just auditioning and then next thing you know we're I mean, people, in the finale people the audience and the judges they really responded to you yeah they did they were very encouraging especially um howie mandel and um yeah that, that's yeah um we got some really encouraging words from him yeah. behind the scenes and we yeah he was great okay here's the song that started it all for you somewhere only we know Walked across an empty land. I knew the pathway like the back of my hand. I felt the earth beneath my feet, sat by a Someone 
after America's Got Talent, you guys were able to quit your day jobs and just focus on your music, as I understand it. You were all already very skilled and talented musicians, obviously, but what was it like to, for the first time in your life, to be able to just do music? I think I just went into it with a um, sort of an open mind and open heart. Like uh, the kind of the way that I approach life is like, if there's something in front of you that's good, do it to the best of your ability and see where it takes you. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was practicing law, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't in the area um, of practice that I wanted to be in at the time. And then this opportunity came up and it was a good thing. And so I decided, you know, let, let me just see where it'll take me. And uh, yeah. And nine years later, I'm still doing it. And um, I, you know, I still keep my uh, license in my back pocket just in case, but I'm, you know, I'm grateful that this journey is still continuing. Um, and I don't have any regrets or anything. It's just been great. Micah, you've spoken about a period of disillusionment before the formation of the group. Would you talk about that? Yeah. So for me, my wife and I were living in Peru after. So I graduated from from Boston University and um, and didn't know where it was that I was, you know, felt like I wanted to go in terms of professionally. And so um, and my wife was in the same boat. And so we went to Peru and we were working with an organization um, called the Notre Dame Mission Volunteers. And we, um, if, but I would say that at first it was a little, it was very difficult uh, because we weren't really, um, uh, we, we were just having a tough time getting into the community where we were. And we were in a, um, it was a village in Northern Peru. And during that year, you know, it was a it was a lot of soul searching, a lot of deep reflection, a lot of journaling, and um, and at some point during that year, about halfway through the year, is when I realized that uh, because I was hitting a, a low internally, emotionally during that that time, and I I just realized that I needed to to start doing things that brought me joy again. And one of those things was music because music had been pushed to the margins of my life while I was in my studies and, and doing some traveling. Um, and, but at that time, I was like, you know what, I'm going to bring music back to um, being a more central part of my life. And, um, and it, because I, I did it for my own well-being, because it made me happy and it brought me joy. And so I called Cordero and I was like, Cordero, when I get back, like, let's make music, let's make music. And, um, and, uh, and he's like, yep, yep, right, right when we get back, we're going to like, right when you get back, let's make music. And so, um, so I started writing, you know, more songs um, when I when I was out there, and then when I got back is when the America's Got Talent auditions came up and everything changed. So, and Cardaro, where were you at when you got that call? I think I was sitting in front of my computer, because um, um, at that time is when I, I lived with uh, Mason and, and Kendall, and um, and I remember Micah asking me if we want if we wanted to do it, and for me it was. It was a quick, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Just kind of <laughs> off the cuff. Like, yeah. And then um, he asked, he said, he asked if Kendall and Mesa would want to do it. And I said, Kendall would probably want to do it. Um, and, and asked him, he said, yes, but I, but I had a little reservation. I wasn't sure about Mason because in the past we've tried to do something um, with Mason. Um, and I guess at the time he was super busy. So I said, it might be a more of a tough sell with Mason, but Mason was like, yeah, let's do it. So, oh, 
All right. And uh, yeah, so that's how, that's how it went down. I really enjoy how you make songs your own, and I'm really curious about your process. So oftentimes it'll, you know, like we'll, we'll listen to a bunch of different songs and I'm looking personally for, for lyrics that are meaningful, that, um, that, yeah, I feel like I could sing and I could, I could um, share with an audience in an authentic way. Uh, and then also I, I look for melodies that I like and, 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 um, and songs that have kind of like an underlying ache to them in, in some way, um, oftentimes I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. And, um, and then, you know, when, when we decide, all right, we're going to do this song, then usually Cordero will start it. And Cordero, you can talk about the process of, of arranging. Yeah. So usually, um, so once we go through that initial process of song selection, um, I'll like I'll listen to the music and I'll try to see if there's any kind of uh, chord substitutions I could make. Um, and uh, so then I'll kind of lay out a mood on the, on the piano. And um, the way we've uh, traditionally been doing it is um, we each improv over the, so I'll, I'll write out the chords and I'll give it to everybody. And then each of us will like, we'll improv together as a group and workshop it. And uh, if somebody does something that's really, really good, we'll say, yes, keep doing that. It's something that we're not feeling. And we just cut through this iterative process. We come up with an arrangement that um, that we think works. Um, and so, yeah, that's the basic process. All right. Here is Sons of Serendip's take on the Stevie Wonder classic, signed, sealed, delivered. starting this holiday season tour any parting thoughts on this tour this music before you go generally like i feel like it's my job to just do my job to the best of my ability to best of our ability and let um also yeah let let god kind of have the uh the final effect uh, we're just a tool and um yeah i i just i guess the the hope is that um we do a job well done and that the evidence of it will be reflected in the hearts of the people who hear it. Every time that we have, you know, to get out there and get on a stage and be in front of audiences, especially during the holiday season, uh, we we don't take it for granted. And it's just it's just always a, a great, meaningful experience. Micah Christian and Cordaro Rodriguez, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you, Chris.
Sons of Serendip will perform at South Orange Performing Arts Center next Wednesday, December 7th. For more information, visit sopacnow.org. For more info on Sons of Serendip, go to sonsofserendip.com. If you liked this episode, be sure to review, subscribe, and tell your friends. A transcript of this podcast, links relevant to the story, and more about the arts in New Jersey can be found at jerseyarts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is presented by Art Pride New Jersey, advancing a state of creativity since 1986. The show was co-founded by and currently supported by funds from the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, with additional support from the National Endowment for the Arts. This episode was hosted and produced by Chris Benincasa. Executive producers are Jim Atkinson and Steve Stroud. I'm Chris Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening.